You're listening to the Hard Liquor and Hunting Stories Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Bolt Action Coffee, Safari Club International, Calgary Chapter, and Best of Seven Barbers. Production assistance provided by Fighting Spirit Productions. Now, kick back with a cold one, relax, and enjoy our show. Welcome, 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 everyone. You're listening to the Hard Liquor and Hunting Stories Podcast. Well, it is officially February 1st, Black History Month, Chinese New Year, and I think it was also International Good Pet Ownership Day. I might actually be incorrect on that last one. But yes, we are back after struggling through the pain that was known as Dry January. And to be honest, we did not want to leave you, our listeners, hanging. We actually had several guests booked over the course of Dry January. We actually had a couple structures for some near beers and near misses. We were going to have several hunters on who I know who, um, well, they were doing Dry January, so we were all going to drink near beer and talk about their near and, well, far and wide misses that I've seen over the years. And holy shit, wow, those guys <laughs> flaked about as hard on the show as they did on Dry January. So most of them actually fell off the wagon rather quickly and a few rather late, which is kind of disappointing because hunting, like much things in life, is a discipline. And staying away from the hooch is also a discipline. But hey, I'm not here to judge other people. I'm just here to be annoyed by their actions. So today we are actually holding it down. We're not actually drinking hard liquor today. We're actually easing back in to the liquor lifestyle, the lounge lizard, lot lizard lifestyle, if you will. So today we're actually just sending it back on some classic old Milwaukee. Uh, we've got some classic beers. They don't have the super babes all in full color on the side, so it's not like we're going to bomb anybody in the 40s. But wow, that is why we have been on hiatus. And I'm not going to lie. Went out to a producer's tonight. My wife took me out. I won the rock, paper, scissors game. And the first time in over a month that a Pilsner had hit my mouth, oh, man. I know, I know. I'm talking about the joys of mouth pleasure here. But wow, what a <laughs> that was terrific. Like, man, it just awakened something in me and kind of gave me goosebumps. And man, I thought, wow, I really missed this. I really enjoyed this. But also, man, was I sending it way too hard in December. So just a, a short reminder to everybody just to, uh, yeah, drink in moderation. But yes, these are tough days we're living. So today, much like our last show, because again, we've talked about um, some challenges with guests. And, you know, we're we're kind of kind of experimenting with some new formats to see what's out there. So I'm joined today in studio by producer, the one, the only, the master, the man with the plan. We've got Brookie in here with us. Brookie, welcome back. To Thanks, buddy. Yeah, twice on the mic. This is terrific. We're working you out of your I shyness. Know. I'm so uncomfortable right now. I know. Isn't it great? Like, yeah. So today we actually sent out words to our, uh, our listeners. I want to say viewers for a second, but man. Man, that just seems inappropriate. I don't know. Maybe one day we'll go to video, and I'm sure Fighting Spirit Productions will probably have us do something else in the future, so we'll see. So we actually put out kind of like an open call for questions. So we thought, hey, you know, we've got some, we have some really determined listeners. Like, wow. Um, all over the world, strangely enough. And here I just thought we were this greasy local podcast show. And wow, we span three continents. That's kind of impressive. I, I'm not going to tell the numbers of who listens where or who accidentally stumbled upon our podcast immediately turned it off. But nonetheless, they have stood <laughs> to be counted. So today we're going to do a Q&A. And uh, Brookie, I'm going to ask you, what the hell ended up in our inbox? Because I know we have some rather unique ones. Yeah, I'll start off. This is a, uh, this is a good one. 
So I'll kick it off with this one. So uh, long distance listener, first time commenting. Love the, the love the podcast. Nice. Some, some easy conversational listening that incorporates hunting and good times. Could you put up some pics on the podcast Instagram of of the sound guy doing a George Costanza sexy pose on a couch or in a field centrally holding an old rifle with a bottle of whiskey in the pick? Oh, man. I, I think we can do that. You know what? The weather's warming up. I, I think... Uh I know we're going to leave the names out of all these questions, but I think we could probably do that. Are they, do they have like a cold weather fetish or they want more like spring fall? I don't know. That's, a, that's oddly specific, though. That yeah. is. That is like, I don't know, because like I think if it's fall, we could probably have you out there with like a changing leaf. <laughs> <laughs> Although like, I don't know if I'm going for like the Adam and Eve look. I don't know if I want a wilting leaf in front of my ish because that might just be like subtly inferring something about what's dangling <laughs> below. But I don't know. Do we do we release an HLHS? calendar i think we could probably do that i don't think anybody wants to see i that. don't know if anybody would buy it but we could definitely leave it as party favors at people's houses just throw out their calendars of like cool backgrounds and poems and shit <laughs> 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 so uh i guess when it comes to the answer to that question i think we could definitely maybe do that we can oblige you yeah 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 for sure so long time listener far away commenter or what you know i i can't remember how they call it on their name so yeah, we can we can definitely post some more um, risque photos. Uh, so he also or she also went on to say, episodes with Buddy who contributes nothing are the most difficult to get hard to. <laughs> 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 the dame who makes the drinks in some of those early episodes saved it. Oh wow! Yes, we used to have our bartender Sandra. Um, Back when we were still kind of finding our form. And this is one of the things we kind of realized when you're doing anything. And I think this is probably true for anybody. The more moving parts you have to anything, um, the more complex, more challenging it becomes. And one of the things that we kind of encountered was there was a ton of folks who were very, very, very keen to be involved um, and do something, be on the mic. But, man, when you're trying to get a guest in, when you're trying to get the apparatus of the show, we're trying to get the production and uh, people on board. It was quite difficult to make that work, but it was really nice having a bartender is because she could use the sultry voice in the mic. And uh, yeah, for you know, this question actually comes up quite a bit because, yes, yeah, so we actually used to have a co-host. And um, I think one of the questions, I don't know if it made the final cut. Somebody said, wow, it took me several episodes to realize your co-host had disappeared. So I didn't realize, wow, <laughs> that's, that's kind of a shame. Yeah, yeah. Booze Helen Blair had just kind of uh, fallen by the wayside. But, you know, we understand people's lives get in the way. Um, things come up, things happen, but I think it was funny. Like, I think, oh man, I don't even know what episode it was where we got that comment where somebody was like, oh, I just realized you guys didn't have a co-host and it was a while. Yeah, it, was, <laughs> it was a while later. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if we're not doing that great of a job explaining it, but you know what? We are always open to feedback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We need it. We need to get back into figuring out some drinks. Cause it's like now we're doing cheap lager. And I think the last one was scotch. We're, you know, yeah, or, like, like I don't know. I think it's just, I don't know. Are we that basic where we just enjoy just straight liquor, like right from the bottle? But I think yeah, we definitely have some creativity. We actually, um, on on deck, we actually have some really high-end um, uh, wild game chefs. And there's actually some uh, discussion that's currently ongoing. I don't want to leave too much, or sorry, I don't want to let too much out of the bag. But we're actually discussing doing uh, a, um, uh, oh, shit, I, I almost said compilation. What's the word I'm looking for, Brucky? 
I don't know. What are you? <laughs> well, we, man, this is how long of a day and how, you know, after doing dry January, liquor is really destroying my brain right now. Um, collaboration. We're going to collaborate with uh, these individuals to c- try to come up with a cookbook slash cocktail book. So that's something that's kind of in the works right now. And uh, if there is the, an appetite, that's something we may release in the future. So, wow, what a roundabout way of answering that question. But, well, wow, I definitely managed to. So going back to the Q&A. So who, who do we have next? Uh, all right. So the next question is... How bad are you at duck calling? Oh, wow. You know, and I bring up this a lot that I'm barely serviceable in duck calling. Um, almost every duck call I I own and possess was actually a gift. I think I bought one. I bought one call and I bought it for like $7 on like a clearance website. So, um, I, you know, I, I have often gone out with individuals who are way, way, way better callers than me. And, and you know what, for anybody like, I don't know, I've been duck hunting for a very long time and it was one of the things I never mastered because again, I was just surrounded by people who were so competent and (laughs) I, I'd ask people for tips and I could never make it work. But like, I don't know, I've been, I've been working in it. I've been cranking away at it. So I do have a call here. I'm going to step away from the mic for a sec and I'm going to try a mallard comeback call. I'm going to step a ways back just so I'm not destroying everybody's ear holes. Um, if anybody has any tips for me on duck calling other than just like, you fuck sick. Cause that's usually most of the, uh, most of the feedback we get like, Oh man, I am definitely keen on point. So hold on, I'll step back and I'll let y'all decide how shitty I am. Shoot him now. Shoot him now. Wow, man. That was, uh, I, I'm, I'm impressed. I don't know. I think I stepped too far back, to be honest. Like, I don't, I don't know if anybody can hear that, but it's kind of, I don't know. I think it sounds raspy and neat. Like, I don't <laughs> fucking know, man. But anyway, yeah, if you got any tips for me, um, I don't know. Most people tell me I need to throw out my cheap calls and get with the program. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's totally fair. But anyway, I'm, I'm keen for tips. I think I posted something a while back on the Instagram page <laughs> with yeah. the lanyard I've got. But hey, you know what? Duck calls make great stocking stuffers. So yeah, there's uh, <laughs> there's me making. I don't even know what the fuck that was. So I, I don't know. It was supposed to be Mallard, but I don't know. All right. Well. The, oh shit. The next the next one uh, is uh, you guys fucking suck. Does anybody even listen to your show? Oh man. <laughs> well, yeah. Like um, strangely enough, Brooke and I we listen to every episode. <laughs> Mainly because we start the show, we hit record. Um, and then we leave it long after I think we're done because, like, shit. I think there's one time we were recording an episode. And we went on for, like, 45 minutes after we were done recording. And it was only until we, like, sobered up and went back to the black box of listing. We're like, oh, my God, what the hell was that? Yeah. And that's happened from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because, like, during, you know, as the episode's going, you're getting more drunk and you don't realize. And then you listen to it afterwards sober and you're like, oh, man. That's uh, that's awful. What are we even talking about? <laughs> yeah, and uh, and you know what? I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes that will slip into an episode, especially if we're um, what's the word I'm looking for? Socializing beforehand. So yeah, there are yeah. times where we fucking suck, man. <laughs> and how many people listen to our show? I don't know. We we have actually a fairly good following, which is actually um, you know what? Thank you so much for those of you who listen, continue to listen. And uh, hopefully we won't alienate you too hardcore. But, uh, you know, hey, who says we won't try? It's the beauty of editing, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? I think we just cut off front and back end. Yeah. 
for the most part because like you know i don't know i'm so glad we don't do the show live because fuck that would be embarrassing at times yeah i couldn't do it yeah yeah like especially when the guest is just like you know we're all looking for another beverage and it's gone (laughs) (laughs) we haven't even introduced him yet yeah all right uh next question what's your favorite camo caliber and game meat oh man my favorite camo caliber game meat you know okay hold on i'm gonna write camo first just so i can talk about it all right so here's the here's the thing so like you go into most hunting stores especially here in alberta and they've got some kind of real tree or mossy oak camouflage that's typically designed for i don't know super close country woodland etc stuff like that places you want to be Probably 90% of the hunting I do is actually on the prairie. So wide open distances, things like that. So I quite like Realtree Max 1. I have a whole bunch of that. It kind of just blends in well with everything around here. So I use that quite exclusively, or at least I have for probably the past, geez, do I say 10 years? Has it been around that long? I don't know. I've had it forever and ever. Uh, But recently, I've actually started going away from camo, especially when it comes to big game. Um, For ducks, well, even for ducks, like I'm not super camo anymore. Excuse me, except because, like, I'm in the blind a lot. You fold that coffin closed on you. You're pretty well concealed as long as you've done a good job. But lately, like, um, I don't know, I stumbled upon this Instagram page. I think they're called Red Plaid Gang or Red Plaid Mafia or some shit like that. And it's just guys going out hunting and posting photos of themselves in red plaid everything. And I'm like, fuck, I love that. <laughs> Loved is. So I was like, shit, you know what? So, like... This year, uh, me and my hunting party, we kind of made it a thing. Okay, the last hunt we do for big game this year, we're all going to wear red flannel. So we all wore red flannel, and, you know, there's snow on the ground. Like, it was pretty heavy snowfall, and fuck, did that shit work well, man. Like, you get, you get pretty close, and, like, the photos you get are just great. And I don't know, there's just something about rocking around in a red flannel. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't know, it's novel, and then I'm starting to realize most of the shit I do is novel. I was actually looking at a new hunting truck the other day. It was, like, a 1957 GMC. Freshly painted red, just the total farm truck with like the white everything, and I'm like, fuck, it's it's going for a song, and I'm I'm trying, I don't know, maybe I'll still make an offer because there's just something novel about the idea of piling out of that thing, getting a stock on, shooting a deer, well, <laughs> flannel loading it up in this truck, it seems, yeah, man, you know, so I can't, so for count these days, real tree max one works everywhere. Um, I've used it on wild boar hunts here in Alberta. I've used it close country. I've used it on bear hunts. I've used it everywhere. It seems to work well. Could all be bullshit, but most of hunting is a fashion show. Let's be real here. Just get gear you like, get gear you can afford, and get shit that you won't ruin. And I will say this, buy once, cry once. But when it comes to camel, when we had Hot Toddy on the show, he came out hunting this year with us, and uh, he's, he's sporting this fresh pair of pants, and they're like in real tree. I don't know, they're Hunt Shield, which is kind of like Canadian Tires, Sport Check brand. Like, yeah, you know, they're like pretty entry level gear. But we're like, um, man, your butt looks super hungry in those. And the reason was because, well, he didn't realize when he bought them, but they were women's pants and they were like quadruple XL women's pants. <laughs> 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 so it wasn't necessarily the size, but it was kind of like the shape and the cut. So he was, you know, he was sending it pretty aggressively yogi there. So like it was, I don't know, it was good for a story. So wait, that's camel, and then Brookie, Cal- uh, caliber. Caliber. Oh man. Okay. So when it comes to shotgunning, like most people, um, twelve gauge. I have a twelve gauge. I have several twelve gauges. So I hunt that for upland. I hunt that for waterfowl. I know lots of uplanders hunt with twenty gauge. Awesome. I love twenty gauges. I think they're super cool. 
Um, yeah, I just I just don't have one in my inventory at the moment. Um, I've got a win. I've got two Winchesters in twelve gauge. I've got an Italian Fab Arm in twelve gauge. This is my sporting play gun. That's actually quite nice. That I quite like. And then um, for for big game. And even an African Plains game, I actually have a 270 Winchester. So on uh, my first trip to Africa, I went to uh, I went to South Africa, and I I man, it was awesome. But anyway, so I brought I brought my 270 with my hand loads firing 130 grain, and I've been shooting that for a very very long time. And I had people saying, "Oh, you can't take this, you can't take that, you can't do this." Like shit, man. I took I took some pretty big fuck off animals. With my 270, like I had a 130 grain bullet traveling in excess of 3,000 feet per second. It was fast, just <laughs> boom, just insane amount of speed out of that thing. I think I was firing Nosler partition, and then I've, I've fired Nosler. Oh shit, what's the new one? The fuck is it called? Trophy grade. Yeah, I bought some of that shit, and I was handloading that. I had a bunch of Hornady. I've tried Sierra Game Changer, which you know I don't know if it's just my rifle doesn't like it, but 270 Winchester. You know I just haven't got the load data. It. I gotta get more dope. That's data on previous engagement to really make that work. I sh- I shoot a 270. My family always shot 270. All my friends shoot 270. Um, so yeah, like I like that. And, and you know, when it comes to caliber, uh, at least here in Canada, anyway, there's like all these cool new calibers coming out all the time. There's like six five or six eight Western or whatever. Lots of guys are shooting Creedmoor and stuff these days. And uh, the way I always had it explained to me by my uncles or whoever else in the family is buy like get a gun that you can reload a Canadian tire. A lot of people, I get it. You're not going to hand load, whatever. I'm, I, I dabble in hand loading mainly because just the price point is there for me. The value proposition is there. And I, I had a ton of buddies who were super into it. So it was nice to kind of tap into um, a bunch of precision rifle shooters I know. The guys from Call Sign 66, the guys from um, Bolt Action Coffee. So I was able to kind of tap into their expertise and really demystify hand loading for me. So the performance I get on my 270, like I, I cleaned up on. on African game with a 270. I've taken moose with 270. I've taken bear with 270. So like you know, it'll go a long way. And, and you know, there's always these these talks. Oh, one caliber, one caliber. But you know what? If I had to do one caliber, I it would probably just be a 22 long rifle because I just if it was the survival scenario, I'd just be shooting squirrels and magpies and just whatever the else was <laughs> lurking around, <laughs> right? Like, but like, yeah, you know, that's that's. Yeah, so 270 Winchester. I know there's guys 30 out six. I'll probably get crucified. And this is Alberta where everybody has to have a 300 win or seven. Like, don't get me wrong. I love seven seven mm mag, 300 win mag. Um, yeah, like it's it's fine. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, you just shoot what works for you. Shoot what you like. Shoot what you can afford. And uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Uh, so wait, that's camel caliber. What was the last one? Game meat. Game meat. Oh shit, that's a tough one. So this comes up. Every now and then, when I'm super crushed with hunting friends, and uh, Brooke, Brooke, what's your favorite game meat, man? Uh, I don't know that that elk sausage we had. Oh was, uh, shit, man! Yeah, that was pretty good. Elk is pretty premier, and I quite like elk, and I place it quite highly. And I've done so for a number of years. I know a lot of people just love elk, and I totally get it. But then, um, here's the thing: is Especially like where we live, you can you can typically get elk at like a really high end restaurant. You can find it from time to time, but you can never find moose. Moose is pretty rare. I've never had. I don't think I've ever had moose. Did I give you a bunch of moose when I got that one a few years ago? No. Oh shit! You ass. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Fuck, man. So I got this moose, and uh, for those viewers who, I don't even, man, I don't even know if I've shared the story before. So um, I went out. It was the last day of hunting season. And uh, 
at the time, I only had a soccer mom mobile. And uh, I had this old high school buddy of mine who was also who's also in the military with me. And he's kind of a, he's, he's a fresh hunter, but, you know, good dude. Him and I used to play football rugby together, like big dude. And uh, I, I meet up with this friend of mine's dad and his grandfather's last day. So I get drawn and, you know, all these people, oh, dude, we'll help you if you get something. We'll help you if you get something. No one's expecting me to get fuck all on the last day. So we go out and we're kind of, we're doing a little bit of a stand in this clearing on their land and nothing shows up. So we just kind of do the old prairie thing. Okay, let's just bash some bush and see what happens. So we push bush, whatever. I hear this rustling and I kind of thought it was the boys coming through and I look and it's a, it's a junior moose right in front of me. And I, you know, so I had the tag, see the dish and I, and I shoot him and he went down, I don't know, like 10, like just dropped dead. So then like we still had signal where we were at because we were just uh, in central Alberta. So I messaged the boys. Oh, yeah, sweet. I got my moose. Awesome. So then I hear more rustling. Like I go back to my gear, the spot where I shot it because like I checked on the animal and I turn around and there's a white tailed deer standing in the exact same spot that I shot my moose. So I had the tag for it and I was like, OK, boom. <laughs> so I got two animals in 10 minutes, which is un- unheard of, at least for me. And um so the moose, oh man. So all these friends who said they would help me because I get, again, I drove a soccer mom mobile out there, just flaked immediately. <laughs> <laughs> so luckily I played Tetris as a kid and man, we, we cut that thing up, got it in there and got it home. And, and you know, like we butchered it. Like it was, it was work for sure. Like, but man, it was, it was just good work. And, um, the, the meat that came off that thing, like, holy shit. Like, man, I, I you know, and I think it's just cause moose is rare. I don't know if that's why I have more, uh, an appreciation for it. And I've kind of developed a real taste for it over the years. And especially just cause it's such a rare opportunity. I don't know if that just factors into my, my brain waves of what the taste is. And I remember getting moose jerky from my uncles and like my cousins and moose meat and stuff back in the day. And it was always really good, but I can remember those times where everybody got a moose, which is pretty wild. And like, Oh man, yeah. like you would think, cause like, I think I waited five or six years to get drawn for a moose. <laughs> Yeah, so it was a while, at least in that WMU, you know. So I've been building it up for a year. But, like, I quite like that. But, yeah, I would say moose is number one. Elk is right on its heels. Um, you know, the mule deer we get in Alberta. Hey, Brooke, like, oh, man, that is good meat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. So, like, it's it's pretty good. Like, especially when you hunt prairie because all the, all the ungulates, they're just, uh, they're just like farm-fed meat. So you get really good quality meat. And, it, you know, this is like... I don't know I've gotten quite a bit better. Like I butcher, I butcher my own animals, and one of the things I found, like I don't know, there's there's a lot of debate over what goes uh, or or how you should process your meat. I know some guys say hang it and age it, other guys say take it off the bone immediately. And I found I was getting better flavored meat when I took it off the bone immediately. So I butcher it in the field right away, get it off the meat, get the hind off, everything else. I might let it rest in my freezer because your freezer doesn't actually stop the aging process; it just super slows it down. Right. And then kind of go to the processing later. You take your prime cuts off. But anyway, yeah, I, I, I love it. Although I will say this, zebra. Oh, shit. Shit. I should have, you know what? I should have set this up in two cal- two, two fucking um, categories. Holy fuck. I have not had that much to drink, and I'm already this lost. <laughs> <laughs> but like zebra, you know, when I got my zebra, it was kind of a strange scenario because, like, uh, I got my zebra right away when I was in South Africa, and my wife's horse had just died like three or four days before we left. So for her to see this punk rock pony go down, <laughs> she's a little bit grumpy about it. But like, man, so we we get like the prime cuts off, and man, that was some good meat. And I made I made a joke to the um, the the PH, the professional hunter we were with. I was like, oh, I thought it'd be 
white and dark meat. He just looked at me like I was the biggest idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I was making a joke. But shit, it was it was quite good. Yeah, zebra's really good. Kudu's quite good. Wildebeest is good. Springbuck is really... Fuck, okay. You know, that's going to be a whole episode on African meat. But I feel like for... For the constraints of time. Okay, so so yeah, gave me okay, yeah, yeah, cool. I don't know. Good man. answer, man. All right, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> what's next in the inbox, my friend? What? Uh, what's the cocktail that bartenders screw up the most? Oh fuck! For me, it's the old fashioned, Brooke. You? Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing, and like, it's not even like it's a pretty simple drink, but I even find like, like give me like, don't get cutesy with the glass, like just give me. Like a, an old fashioned should be simple, just like a straight edge glass. Like I don't know, man. So, like, so what is the worst one you've ever had? I don't know. I usually, I usually make them at home more than anything, and so, I I screwed them up a lot when I was kind of figuring out what I liked. But so it was my grandfather's favorite drink, and uh, I don't know what it is. I kind of find that found that out by accident long after he passed away, which is kind of sad, but. The, there's a tie for the two worst ones I've ever had. So I was at um, YYC International there, and I go to their their bar that's like in the waiting area you know, where the international flights come off. <laughs> Known for their quality cocktails. Yeah. You know, it's a nice looking bar <laughs> just there in the waiting area. So like I wasn't expecting much, and they're yeah. like, oh, our, high ball, our, our cocktails are on special. And I was like, okay, sure. Give me one. I want one. So I order it, and... The girl, like, God bless her. She was working hard. Um, yeah. You, you know, she was okay to look at, but her bartending skills were, le- were less good. So anyway, she gives me this glass, and I get it. There's a cherry in the bottom, and the glass is so narrow, but she gives me the full cube, and the cube is, like, two or three inches above the fluid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then it's just this, like, room temperature, like, two fingers of whatever the fuck was in the bottom of the glass. And, man, it was bad. It was bad. It tasted like some kind of weird orange maraschino liqueur. Yeah. Yeah, and it was fucking gross. It was gross, but like, I I don't know. I sent her like, I was like, can, can you make it like this? <laughs> and it was a little bit better. Um, the next awful one I had, I was at a fucking wedding. And, you know, when you go to a wedding, like, you can only expect so much from the, the fucking bar, right? Like, yeah. Like, Simple highballs, like, you know, in Canada, Ryan Coke, Ryan Ginger. Um, maybe you got a rum and coke, and then, like, you know, you know just beers, wine, you know, you know, but old fashions were on the fucking list. Yeah. I was like, okay, fuck. Bam. I want one. And uh, I was at this table with this buddy of mine, and I was like, dude, they have fucking old fashions. Yeah, man, you got to have old fashions. Then the groom came out to me, just raving about how there's old fashions at his wedding. I'm like, okay, fuck. So I asked my buddy, I was like, dude, how is it? And he goes, it's the worst fucking old-fashioned you will ever have. <laughs> <laughs> so I hear that, and I'm like, oh, well, is it? Like, come on. Like, I'm curious now. Yeah. Well, he wasn't wrong. <laughs> it was pretty fucking bad. And it was kind of like those, uh, you know those pre-mixed ones? Have you ever had a pre-mixed one, Brookie? No, never. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> Did it have like I, I know I've had some bad ones where they'll, they'll put like soda water in it like or like oh. too much soda water and it's just it, you it's get like a full it's cup. like a watered down it's awful yeah it's not like a full cup but they'll I don't know like they'll top it off with soda water and it just waters it down and it's gross yeah so that was like that was probably one of the worst ones I have best old fashioned though I know we're talking about the worst drink we gotta talk about the best one like I don't I don't know that was your best homemade like like let's focus externally from the I yeah so there was um. 
I don't know if they're still around. This is I was I lived in Toronto for a few years and years, and there was a bar on um, oh, was it King or Queen West called Bar Chef, and they had some pretty amazing cocktails. I think I actually saw them on one of the pages we follow on Instagram. Yeah, I don't know if they're still around. If they, are, I'm sure they are. Like they were doing really well. Okay, this was like 2012, so this <laughs> like 10 years ago. Oh but, my god, yeah. And then so you know. So, so, what, so what made that special though? Do they have like a whole kind of pomp and circumstance that went with it? Um, I don't know. They just kind of, they had, you know, they kind of had their own menu and like they knew what they did well and they kind of just like, they kind of stuck to that. They didn't try to get too, too crazy. I mean, some of the stuff they did was insane. Like, like a lot of cocktails I would, I could never imagine. Right. It's all like, you know, stuff that I couldn't dream up, but um, well, yeah, the, the way they did it was just like, it was just simple and it was just delicious. So nice. I, I, so they yeah. had a quite clever one, but like yeah. one of the best ones I've had recently, speaking of YYC airport with the shitty one, if you go to the floor above where the, uh, hotel airport is hotel. Oh, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's between domestic and international now. Yeah. So you can walk right into the lounge there and it's really high end. It's really quite nice. And, uh, I actually posted a video on Instagram yeah. of, uh, of me getting their, their smoky old fashioned. So they have like the bird cage glass. And they have like a whole a whole display to it, and I was like, "Shit, that's really nice." And I put this on Instagram, and the bartending staff's like, "Oh shit, you, yeah. guys, you guys are from the show, yeah, yeah." So they gave they gave me a free one if I filmed it and tagged them. Nice. I totally forgot what to tag to use because they sent me like they give me a whole bunch of free cocktails as long as I film them. And you ever uh, you ever been to um uh, the uh, Hayden Block? And I have, they, I have. They've like, got like a smoky old fashioned where they'll smoke a piece of wood and, and like in the glass, and then they'll. Take it and then they'll put the whiskey in. It. I don't know. Like it, it's pretty good if you like smoke in your drinks. Yeah, like I don't, I don't mind it. And like a uh, buddy creator who like we've had on the show, like so he, him and I used to drink old fashions all the time. And then it just got to the point where like, man, this is like kind of slowing down the party, and we would just end up. Do you want to tr- weigh in on this? Oh, do you want to weigh in on your favorite? Kara, drink? Are you sure? What is what is your favorite slash worst cocktail? Okay, she's looking at us, giving <laughs> give us the, the you all. You walked in here. All the notes. <laughs> Oh, the gnomes. What? What's that? Oh, yeah. We got a smoking gun. Oh, man. You know what? I think we're going to have to do uh, I think we're gonna have to do an episode since we're both partial to old fashions. Don't, didn't we get like a, a, sir- a maple syrup, like a smoked? We got this like smoked. Ma- I think I talked about this last time. I, I've kind of forgotten about it now. I'm remembering it. We've got this like smoked maple syrup. We, we are. Take, oh, take a that. whiskey barrel aged maple syrup. Wait, craft of the Yukon? Shit. Yeah. So okay. we'll, we've maybe even try it with some of that. I, I think yeah, because I don't. Well, like I know we've done an old fashioned episode, but like I think we got to get Creator on because he's he's very much uh, in the same vein as you and I. But like I don't too like I don't get too like that's what I like. I'll drink old fashions, beer, even beer. I don't really drink that much anymore. Like uh, yeah, scotch, rum and coke, scotch. We drink a lot scotch. of scotch. You and I drink all the shitload of scotch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> for better or for worse. Yeah. So, yeah, it was weird how I had a really good one and a really horrible, but the best old-fashioned I think I've ever had. So uh, if you go to the, the Fairmont Bam Springs Hotel, so they have an 1888 old-fashioned, and it is the same recipe from when the hotel opened. So you can go to, uh, I think it's the Rundle Lounge. So, like, I don't know if you can bring it up on the monitor there. So the Rundle Lounge, um, they've recently renovated it. It's the old lobby for those of you who used to go back go there once upon a time Springs, yeah so if you go to the oh, the yeah. rundle lounge so if you can check out their cocktail menu rundle bar. 
Yeah, so they've got they've got an 1888 old fashioned, and like I've had smoky old fashions, I've had wild old fashions, I've had maple old fashions, I've had I've had any variety of bitters old fashioned, whatever. But I don't I don't know, I don't know if it's just the scenario where you're drinking it. Like I've had them out on their patio there, where you're overlooking Mount Rundle, you're overlooking the Canadian Rockies. Um, I've had them in wintertime where there's like a piano player and just got drunk off my ass and started dancing with randoms and shit like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, like it's, which is not a bar where any of that happens. Like, like it's like a casual lounge in this high end hotel. Um, that, that, that was probably one of the best old fashions I've, I've ever had. Um, another really best drink I've ever had. This is kind of a little different. Um, do you remember diner deluxe Brooke? You know, diner deluxe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they, uh, they used to have a beverage you could get. It was called the Volstead act. Named after the the Prohibition um, Act in the U.S. and man, I, you know what? I took a picture of the beverage on my old phone. And I never got back to it. They don't carry it anymore. So if anybody from there is listening, please bring back the Volstead Act. Yeah, it looks like uh, even wait, wait, even, can you get a link? Even, yeah, even the even the the Rundle looks like they've taken it off their menu. I'm looking at their cocktail menu. They don't have the 1880 old fashioned one. Six, yeah, signature cocktails. No, it's gone. It's gone. Fuck! Oh my god. Well, shit. Well, I don't know. Maybe some. Oh god, hopefully they order in person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why would you? I don't know. That seems like such a. Maybe it's not that that popular. I'm just checking uh, Bar Chef too, and it looks like they have one still. You know what? I'm sure if you ask, they probably have it, but it might not be posted. I don't know. But it's like, um, oh shit, where was I? Uh, as for a Tom Collins, uh, not too long ago, so uh, wrote and uh, just off Stephen Avenue, yeah. And uh, Tom Collins like classic cocktail, right? Yeah, yeah. So I ordered one, and, and strangely enough, the manager of the place we were at, I went to university with, and it was like, you know, you have that lock stock moment. What the fuck? Anyway, so like, dude, that was probably the best Tom Collins I've ever had. Like, because I've had some really terrible ones. It's just Tom Collins again. Tom Collins is almost like it's like this lemony kind of kind of beverage, like. Um, Oh Tom man, Collins. I'm just gonna look it up. I know, I I know, I've had one. I know, I yeah. It's a you know they say it should be in every bartender's foundational skills. To me, it's oh, just it's like, like a, a gin. It's a gin. Yeah, drink. yeah. It's kind of like a gin and lemon, lemon, lemon juice, simple syrup, ice. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's actually soda. Qu- it's quite good. And when you have them well made, like it's not like a gross lemonade or anything like that. But uh, oh shit, what the fuck is the name of the place, man? Uh you know what. Raul's gonna kill me because like I can't remember the name of his fucking bar, but man, you know it's been that long since I had booze. But anyway, that was the best Tom Collins. But you know, I think we've I think we've really yeah. deep dived. <laughs> okay, so there's a part two oh, to the question: What cocktail do most bars get wrong? The old fashioned. Yeah, well, like at least in my experience, old fashioned. Yeah, I guess because bars kind of dictate the. I, I guess I, I'll say you know to the fellow Canadians, I guess the Caesar, right? Because some bars oh. will have some weird version of a Caesar, and they'll put like a sandwich as a garnish on it, or like some weird, or they'll they'll put like. Yeah, so the uninitiated, a Caesar is very similar to a Bloody Mary that the Yanks drink, except um, we have clamato juice in it, so it's a tomato juice infused with clam juice, which sounds awful, but uh, it gives it this nice bite. That uh, you're not drinking cold tomato soup, and by the way, yeah. local, made in uh, the West End, Calgary, Alberta, kind of the originator of that. The Caesar, like God, um, strangely enough, this is going to sound really gross, but some of the best Caesars you can get are at the chain restaurants, like Boston Pizza. Like they have, they have, they used to have like six or seven different Caesars. 
yeah. on their menu. They had like one of the horse ranch. Oh man, and they were always great as like a hangover beverage, late night beverage. That's what that's that's when I or like I'll drink them to start a, a night or something. But you can't get drunk off. Them no, they're kind of like a midday Sunday brunch. They're they're you like have one. Know, they're like a Canadian mimosa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I don't know how else to describe it. But like you know, you, you you have one. They're good. You see one, you want one. Yeah, yeah. And you know, oh god, when they fuck it up, it's bad. Like it looks like there's a. I don't know, like heavy tomato and then water on top. I guess that yeah, bartenders fuck that one up a lot too. It's it's kind of both like the like some restaurants will have like a fundamentally shittily designed uh, Caesar, and then some bartenders just like they'll have a good. There could be a good one on the menu, and the bartender fucks it up because they're kind of easy to yeah, and to like, screw up. You know, we talked about like can ones, so can like pre mixed old fashions are terrible, but you know you get some pretty good pre mixed Caesars. Like if, as long as you, the mox, yeah, the extra mox spicy, ones. as long yeah. as you get the extra spicy, yeah. Because you get their basic one is not really, I mean, but their extra spicy is kind of like a normal one you get in the restaurant. You know, that's actually pretty good, but you got to shake the fuck out of the thing. And mm-hmm. like, they're good on golf courses. They're good on hangover days. Yeah. But, oh, man, fuck, we could probably do a whole episode on just that. Yeah, it's funny, actually. I never thought about that. <laughs> yeah, I would totally. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I'd have, you can get maybe two in and then you're good. Yeah, but. like, I think we talked about Caesars on the Instagram page, but not uh, on the show. Shit, what are we even par- Anyway, sorry, carry on. All right. Uh, this who's, is, who's this from? This is the last question. The last question. Uh, why did you do dry January? Are you in a 12-step program, you alcoholic fiend? <laughs> <laughs> you alcoholic fiend. Oh, man, that is super funny. Like, oh, man. You know what? Dry January was something, um, man, I, I've done it in years past. I think uh, this December I had a huge dose of time off. I also had a huge dose of disposable income, and the liquor store is so close to my house. And, <laughs> and it was really easy to be like, oh, there's nothing going on today. Okay, I'll just have one. Or I'll just have one. I'll just have one. And then, and yet, you know, when you when you develop a taste for some really high-end liquor, man, it can hit your bank account hard. <laughs> and also your ability to perform whatever the fuck you want. So dry <laughs> January, I didn't necessarily see it as a necessity. It was more of a test of willpower and discipline. Like uh, I think my wife and I, we did dry August one year, which fuck that was that was a challenge during peak barbecue season. This was in the era before COVID. And man, I remember somebody walked by me with like a Bud Light, ugh, and like just smell the Bud Light made my water or my mouth water yeah, <laughs> so yeah. grouchy. And my fiend, yes. Like, I, love, I love the smell of liquor. I love the taste of liquor. I love shopping for liquor. I like exploring booze. I like seeing what's out there. I like trying something new. I like trying something old. I like having something familiar. Because I don't know what it is. Like, everybody has kind of their comfort drinks they go to. But then there's a few beverages that I used to drink. And they come back to you. And they kind of remind you of the time and the place where you're really into that. And, you know, like, I don't know if it's the same for you, Burdock, or you're like, oh, man, I used to drink that in this period of my life or that period of my life. Yeah, man. Yeah, and now I'm kind of in a new phase where, like, I've really, like, it's got it. I don't know what it was. When I was a young man, I used to always have the most garbage scotch. And uh, we're, we're so blessed with the amount of rye we have. And rye is plentiful, cheap, and pretty decent and easy to fucking drink. You can get that in a million different ways and have a time. Yeah. Either punchy, fun, laughy, or just garbage dumpster fire human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember, uh, like, uh, I think I was, you know, 21. I lived in Montreal for a little bit in the summer. Like, we just drank sangria. Oh, and man. it's yeah, I know. I can't even imagine drinking that. It's it's it gross. Yeah, it's Montreal. Yeah, oh, but damn. like, yeah, I don't know when you're in the summer or on a patio. I don't know. It's not so bad. 
Yeah, like I, find, I don't know if you're the same, man. Like, but every summer I kind of have like a seasonal summer beverage that I didn't have the summer before. I remember one year it was like the summer of margaritas. <laughs> yeah, and man, that man, I don't think I stayed out past three thirty p.m. <laughs> we haven't done like a tequila based drink. No, no, I don't think we have, man. Like, I I know when we did uh, Lost in Liquor Cabinet, that was just kind of uh, we were, we were going through your scotch. That was just all yeah, whiskeys. Oh man, what a time that was! You know what? Yeah, I think we got to come on some cool tequila. And uh, I don't know, not, like yeah, I've got I've got a good buddy who's like really into tequila, like high end tequila, and I'm like. I don't know. I, I like. I'll try it though. I don't. I've always kind of wanted to. I just. I'm always afraid. <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I'm drinking a fair bit in my day, but like I can't. I can't exactly say I've got the palate or or I'm a connoisseur of it. Like I've had it in a zillion different preparations, etc. Um, oh man, we might have to do the Iron Sheila episode where we just all snort salt, and shoot the <laughs> yeah. shot, and squeeze the lime in our eye, and see where the chips fall. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I think I think uh, like my 18th birthday. I think I think I did like that's like the early. I have early you know memories of tequila and like 18 to 22, and then I barely drink it anymore just because oh, of shit man. like that. What's, what's the country song? Tequila makes her clothes fall off. I don't know too many women who drink tequila, or at least maybe it's just the age range I'm in now. But like, yeah. oh, man, it was like there's the gold, there's the silver, there's a zillion different varieties out there and I'm, I'm the uninitiated. Like I'm so bare bones. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, Oh, it's perhaps cause I haven't spent too much time in Latin America. Um, yeah, I, I don't really vacation in Mexico. I don't really do that. But if any of our listeners have any great ideas for, um, like, yeah, we will definitely do margaritas for sure. And kind of pair it with, I don't know, some kind of smoked meat, smoked jerky, something, something of that nature. But like, yeah, I don't know what else, what else are you making tequila out of. Like, I don't, you know what? I guess we haven't really done a gin episode either, have we? No, I guess not. No, like, uh, oh god, what was that video you and I were watching a while? <laughs> I love gin. <laughs> <laughs> so smooth that the guys are just spitting it all over themselves because they they can't they can't handle it because it's so nasty. <laughs> Fuck me, that made me laugh. What the fuck are those guys? They're all like dressed in bow ties and shit. Fuck oh. me. Yeah, gin and tonic is is the only one I can think of. Like that, I kind of like, and I'll drink sometimes. Yeah, to me, it's kind of a summer beverage, though, right? Like, it, uh, totally. Yeah. Yeah, I was in the Netherlands, and uh, I was I was on this tour with a whole bunch of Second World War vets, and that was that was their drink their drink of choice. Genevieve and uh, Genevieve and tonic is the yeah. way they order it the whole time we were there, because I guess it was like a Dutch specialty. But then, like, I don't know if it's like you know the term gin joint's like an insult. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, God, I remember I used to have this old sergeant. Like, whenever we had old oranges lying around, he'd be like, hey, you guys gave me those old oranges. What the fuck do you want all these fucking old oranges for? Because he would turn them into gin. So he would take all the old fruit that was fucking laying around uh. from whatever fucking meal plan or whatever we had, and he would turn it into liquor, and oh, man, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it would send you send you somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like holy shit! Sure. Do, do we have, do we have any more questions that's, in the inbox that are appropriate? Like I don't know, we're, we're pretty yeah, open on here. I think that's all I'll read. Yeah, well, maybe we can do a part two to this, I guess. Yeah, like we get we get a lot of Q and A pouring in from time to time. We get a lot of comments. Like, uh, oh man, I think most of it is not good. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, most of them are like, "Hey guys, you fucking suck." What the fuck, fuck? And it's like, "Okay, thank you for the constructive criticism." <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, hey, whatever, you know, I'm all I'm all ears. I'm all ears. Yeah. All right. How how are you looking time wise, man? Like forty forty well, minutes. Oh shit. Okay. Well I think we probably shattered everybody's ears off nothing. Um 
just uh, just to let our viewers know what's next in the pipe, we're probably going to have some professional chefs on in the near future, some returning guests, um, perhaps those who have fallen off the wagon for our dry January specials, perhaps may make they may make an appearance. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, coming up at least where where we live anyway, um, there's going to be a spring snow goose season coming up very um, quickly. I know it's only February, but it'll be here before you know it. It's also spring black bear, um, if those of you can get out for it. And also, ooh, cool and exciting news. I've just booked a trip um, for the fam. We're going to head up to the Northwest Territories and do a combination duck, well, waterfowl, and uh, a fishing trip for the late fall. So that's really cool and exciting. But anyway, uh, hey, hey, Brookie, uh, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna si- to send it off to you, man. Like, uh what what drink should our listeners be be delving into? What's kind of an underrated, overrated thing, or, or what's something they should look into if they're uh, unfamiliar? Caesar, or Tom Collins, <laughs> Tom Collins, <laughs> yeah, or uh, or Caesar's for sure. Well, for those of you who are still listening, still tagging along, uh, please send us your questions at any point in time. We're all ears. We thank you so much. Um, and yeah, considering we just finished dry January, <laughs> uh, might everybody drink responsibly. Take care of your shit, and we'll see you next time.